Cinnabuds receives support from Associated Bank and Eyes on the Lake, Eye Care and Eyewear. Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Welcome, everyone. I'm Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film. I'm Dory Zori from Radio Milwaukee. Yeah, this is <laughs> Cinnabuds. And this week on Cinnabuds, we are talking about a little film called Living. If only to be alive for one day. But I realize it. I don't know how. Do you think we should alert the police, Bart? What would the police care if he's a couple of hours late for work? A couple of hours late for work. Who would ever have thought? This man who until yesterday was living a shell of an existence. That's right. This week we are talking about Living, starring Mr. Bill Nye. Oh my gosh. His name? Is he a sir? He's got to be knighted by now. I don't now. think he is. He should be. Then it would be William Nye. <laughs> Nye. Sir William Nye. And his last name, I just want to get this out of the way. Yeah. It's like Bill Nye the science guy. Bill, but it's not Bill, Bill Nye. Bill. It's Nye. But you don't really say Nye. You just said Nye. Nye. weird? Well, it is now that now that's all I'm thinking about. I know it's really hard to not focus on it when I say it. This film is set in 1950s Somewhere, London, yeah. and it's about this bureaucrat who doesn't really seem like he it has a sense of humor or a life or a personality. Um, he decides to take a little time off of work to experience his life after receiving what is uh, some sad news at the doctor. That's right. And it's a real uh, performance. This movie is all about the main actor, Mr. Bill Nye, mm -hmm. his performance. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff we'll talk about in this movie, but he delivers like an absolutely epic, epic. If you can say epic for a subtle performance, yes. it, it is one of the best. He was nominated for this. This was one of those movies during the award season where I was like, I don't even know about this movie. I've never heard of it. But he was nominated for an Oscar uh, and for a couple of other awards for his performance. And now I totally get it. I, I wish you. I would have seen it during the season. Don't you think that there's maybe two kinds of performances? What do you think is harder to pull off as an actor? An under performance like a, a like a subtle yeah. like a subtle character or someone that's just so over the top no, that... but you still need to be likable. Subtle. Like subtle. 100%. Because to be have a quiet and subtle performance and still be noticed as doing a great job. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, Nicolas Cage can go absolute over the top every time and it's fun. And, you know, he got nominated for an Oscar. He won an Oscar. That's great. He did a good job. But, man, having those actors who can just say so much with a raise of the brow or mm -hmm. just like a subtle smile – I mean, and he has moments in here where he's, you know, gets a little bit bigger than what his character you would think. And it, it's like someone like blew up a, a bomb right behind you. And he, all he did was like fully smile or something like that. Yeah. That's a testament, I think, to his his uh, skill. Agree. I found this movie to be completely believable and relatable. In fact, it sparked a lot of emotional responses yeah. in my life that we can talk about a little bit in the full on podcast. Absolutely. I will tell you whether or not this is maybe the best movie I've seen in a year <laughs> or not. I'm not saying it is. You'll find out in the podcast. You got to tune in. Subscribe. That's right. So 
Check us out in the podcast. We'll be right back. Hey, Wisconsin foodies. This is Tariq Moody of Radio Milwaukee. Join Milwaukee Magazine's food writer, Ann Christensen, and myself every Friday morning at 8 a.m. for This Bites, Milwaukee's longest-running culinary podcast. We talk about everything from new restaurants, pop-ups, cookbooks, events, and even an occasional interview with a local chef. Head over to RadioMilwaukee.org slash This Bites or listen anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, we are back talking about the movie Living that came out last year and is now available online. Yes, I I watched it through Amazon, if you guys are searching for it. You know, the beginning of the movie, I really thought that it was going to be about the one main character, the new person that just started this new job. And then it quickly became about something totally different. Um, Man, I don't even know where to start about this. I guess... It's never too late to do something (laughs) meaningful and thoughtful and leave a little bit of a legacy behind is my main takeaway from this movie. Yeah, there was an article that really expressed it nicely that says these days heroes, you know, on the big screen are wearing capes or they're, you know, they're driving cars real fast and they're saving somebody. But this really is like he is this quiet hero, but he takes this, you see this whole journey to get him to understand he gets... Uh, I don't think the whole film is about this. So I don't think it's really a spoiler. He gets a diagnosis from a doctor that he realizes he doesn't have long and he's in his seventies. He works at, like you said, he's a bureaucrat at a public office. It looks so boring. Yeah. <laughs> like the beginning of the movie, they, f- they focus on this hierarchy. Everyone wears a very similar outfit and these piles of paper. And it just seems like, okay, you're doldrums. This is e- epitome of doldrum. But then after he gets this diagnosis, you see how these stages he goes through in trying to figure out what's next. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very sad. It is also very delightful. And it goes back and forth so much that my eyes did not have time to dry before a different kind of tear was going to come out. Like joy tears, sad tears, joy tears. Yeah. I mean, it, it was very emotional movie. Also. Uh, like created incredibly beautifully. It looked gorgeous. Yeah. Um, 1950s London. I love that vibe. Like the, there's something about the 50s and London and the colors that they used yeah. and like, you know, the the vehicles and the clothes and the atmosphere of like almost every single scene, whether it was the office or outside of the office, I feel like was just spot on. Like I felt like I was watching a movie that my grandma would have showed me when I was little. Well, yeah. Like it I, really did have that vibe from the very opening scene. Yo, it's and it's very intentional. I loved the opening sequences, which are seemed to be or created impressively created to look like that same grainy like images you'll get from photography from the fifties and you see like the, the double decker buses going by it. I genuinely think that may have even been B roll from that time. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, And then they had very fifties film opening credits mm-hmm. that you get the music and the big title and then starring. And they, they put all the credits up at the beginning like they used to do. So it already sets this tone. And then that changes. You get normal photography after that, but not normal photography. Beautifully shot. Again, subtle, really beautiful images. Um, so it's definitely fashion to be, I think, from that era. 
Do we know anything about the writers of this? Yeah, it's very exciting. So this is actually a remake uh, of a Japanese film uh, by Akira Kurosawa called Akiru, which is the same and apparently a very faithful adaptation. It's the same story about a you know bureaucrat who gets this diagnosis, etc. There's even some images I saw from the original, which I haven't seen yet. And it literally, this movie has been in my queue where I'm like, oh, I need to dig into this soon. So I've been thinking about that film recently. Total coincidence. Wait, the this, original? Yeah. Oh. Akiru, because I've just recently, a big blind spot for me has been Kurosawa. I saw one or two films when I was in the 20s. Recently saw Throne of Blood like a year or two ago. And Akiru was like literally the next on my list to watch by him. And I haven't done it. So it was just a coincidence that this was, was that. But um, this whole project was started by a, a Japanese-British author, uh, Kazuo Ishiguro, who wrote Remains of the Day. A lot of people know that film. He wrote the book it was based on and he worked on the film. He's like Nobel Prize winning author, uh, very successful. So he spearheaded this. This was his idea to remake the film, but in Britain, because he's Japanese, but he's lived in Britain his whole life. So a lot of his films and stories are based that way. But he loved that story and he spearheaded it. It was almost the way it's written about it. It's almost like the director was like he helped select the director for it even. Oh, wow. Which usually you don't get writers that have that position of power. But if you won a Nobel Prize, then maybe you have some clout. <laughs> I do love that, that he is able to take this thing that he was so passionate about and have a hand in every part of how it was created. And maybe that's why it made this film so very special to watch. Yeah, for sure. They chose the incredible composer from France and then the costumes. Apparently the person who did the costumes, whose name I wish I knew off the top of my head, is like one of the best in the biz. And you see it, like the photography, the music. The music was amazing. Yeah, I have to go back and just pay attention to the music. The costumes from the very beginning when they showed the the guys, the four business guys that were dressed very similar on the train, yeah. like on their way to work and just it was just kind of set the pace for I don't know, everything sort yeah. of. Um I don't even know what my point is here. But it just was stunning. Like, and sometimes when I watch a movie and I don't have enough time to think about it, I don't understand why I think something was stunning. Oh, yeah. But you're really putting it in perspective, like talking about how um, all of this was made. It totally makes sense. Yeah. Once I read that afterwards, I'm like, oh, that makes Mm -hmm. perfect sense why this all came together so perfectly. They had the best. It was such a thoughtful project. I know exactly what you mean, though. Because the theme of this movie, like you have the beginning where it's like, I'm starting a new job at a very bureaucratic place. Mm -hmm. And he immediately makes a gaffe and they're like, no, we don't make jokes in the morning. And this is like, you have all these rules that he's figuring out. Let the boss walk in first. There's all these very specific social things you have Mm -hmm. to do. And, you know, you don't want to be too forward. You don't want to be, et cetera. And then you get this character who's like the epitome of that who starts to break away from that because he had this new attitude about the rest of his life. And then that's shocking. You see like, Oh, he's not even showing up for work. Not only are we not adhering to these silly rules, he's having ice cream in the middle of the day. He's off talking to this uh, coworker and they're just having a day of having fun together and getting drunk. I loved the bond that he had with the coworker. And I don't think he would have gone on the journey that he went on in the short amount of time he had left in his life. If he hadn't connected, because it seemed like he wanted to connect with other people. Yeah. 
but when um what was the character's name that he did connect with? Oh, yeah. Um Margaret Harris. Yeah. Played by Amy Lou Wood. I thought she was wonderful. She was someone who was leaving the job. She worked among a big group of men and she was starting a new job and um William's character found her how did i forgot they just how did, ran into each other outside of a shop when he was like he had a new hat on because the night before he got drunk and switched hats yeah, and so right. they just ran into each other on the street and he needed to write a recommendation for her so he said well how about i write it over we'll have lunch and i'll write it and give it to you right away and then they just started a conversation which ended up lasting all day they just had a lovely day together it was so neat there was a moment too where she had asked the question i think i was thinking like did he think this was going to be a romantic relationship but it was made pretty clear right away like that wasn't what his interest was no and he eventually speaks to her about how he just and you see this a little bit of her character at the beginning when you first meet her is that even in all this like buttoned up world that this tiny office that six people are sharing she had she was a little bit of levity and a little light in it Mm -hmm. like she was having fun even though it was like a very oppressive so he saw this in her and he's like no i'm i'm gonna die and i want to be with somebody who loves life yeah and it was just beautiful he had a moment with her he met a stranger at a cafe or like at a diner the night before and they all they went out and he Let me just say this. (laughs) The song he sings, this was the scene that just started the flood for me. Mm -hmm. He goes to a bar and he sings this beautiful Scottish traditional song. Mm -hmm. And he's so quiet. He's got this very raspy voice. He's very quiet. And he starts to sing and it's a little wavery. But then it turns out uh, Bill Nye's got a nice voice. He's got a cool older man's voice and he sings this the most beautiful song I've ever heard and then he starts to choke up a little bit while singing it and I immediately start choking up and then there's like a reference to the song later which is so perfect Mm -hmm. Uh, that's where I was like I am done for when this movie I'm like that was the, only a third of the way in. I'm like oh I'm gonna be I'm gonna have to get a whole roll of toilet paper for this movie I love that I also yeah. love the scene where uh, Mr. Williams and Margaret were talking and she comes out and basically tells him that I don't know if she calls him Mr. Zombie or yeah. everyone referred to him as Mr. Zombie just her little nicknames that she had privately for everybody yeah Mr. Williams I'll tell you my secret nickname for you Mr. Zombie. Mr. what? Zombies are sort of dead, but not dead. And it was just such a neat moment. Like, she felt comfortable enough to tell him he was comfortable enough to hear it. And it really made me think about those moments where you could be really honest with somebody. Yeah. And um, when they're open to hearing things, how it could really change someone's day. And just even him opening himself up to being around her changed the quality of his life for however long yeah i couldn't really get a gauge on how long he was alive yeah, after it was like a few weeks or a few months maybe somewhere they, in between there yeah. they were able to accomplish something really beautiful through yeah. his work that then i don't want to give it away at the end of the movie i thought was super beautiful yeah. that whole scene um, when it revealed how he passed away and what he was able to do before he passed away yeah nothing like 
waiting till later in life (laughs) to really like change the kind of human you are, but better late than never. And it inspired the, some younger people to, to think more forward about their lives. And like, I'm young and you're right. I should do this while I'm like, he did so much great stuff, but he only had this long to do it. I have a whole lifetime ahead of me. Like those four straight edge, like yeah, yeah, dudes with the bowler hats. Their I mean, conversation at the end was uh, hilarious. Yeah. I cannot get over it. That, that scene reminded me. So it's after he passes away and his coworkers are all in a train kind of talking about him. And each of them has kind of a slightly different attitude about what happened. And it reminded me of that scene in Usual Suspects when they realize Kaiser Soze is like, they're looking around the room and they see all the things he's referenced. Yeah. <laughs> it's them like, oh, I realize I noticed this about him. Well, I noticed this. And they all kind of put it together. It made me laugh a little bit thinking about it that way, but just beautifully constructed, I thought. Did it make you wonder at all what people would say about you after you pass away? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, anytime there's a movie about mortality, I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I immediately think of like my loved ones first, like, mm-hmm. oh, and that, I think that's why most of us cry at these things is because we can relate them to our own life. And mm-hmm. like, what if this person died? And then, and then quickly it gets selfish. And I'm like, what? Whoop. I want people to just tear their hair out in the middle of the streets, <laughs> screaming why into the sky. It's so unfair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will do that for you if you Thank do that you. for me. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, of course. I will tear my remaining hair out. <laughs> Your beard you. I'll hair. I'll tear my beard out, yeah. Just half of it, though. Yeah. <laughs> this half? So yeah. I can do a little fun show. Yeah. <laughs> so you could do, finally do your Victor Victoria show. <laughs> yeah, finally. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, delightful. Please go see this movie. Do you I, I need honestly, to see it with a buddy or can you see it by yourself? I'm you suggesting it by yourself because luckily Nicole was busy on her computer, so she didn't really pay attention. She was uh, working, but I was very quietly just <laughs> Wait, Did she notice when you cried? Did she, she stop at all? And There was a moment where I let like this out. I, I did like one little sniff. It was real quiet. And I just saw her briefly glance over and she goes, you crying? <laughs> She loves to point it out. And I said, you're crying. Shut up. Uh, but yeah, I would, I mean, see with a loved one, see by yourself. If you're worried about uh, people seeing you cry. But be- that's what this whole movie is about. That's you should true. let people see you cry. That's also a good point. You should yeah. let people see you be human. You should get outside of your own little box and notice what's happening in the world around you. Yeah. And you can still be a successful human, maybe even more so. I would say if I saw this movie last year, because I'm all about the lists, Mm -hmm. you know, this would have been in my top two of last year, if not the top film. Yeah. It was, it was phenomenal. It's like one of those movies that's, it's an Oscar worthy movie for sure. It's that kind of Oscar-y movie. Like on paper, if you wrote down the elements of it, be like, oh, this is Oscar bait. But it's. Oscar bait that's actual incredibly talented thoughtful people with emotions made like absolutely perfectly so it's like it doesn't have that bad feeling what you say you say Oscar bait's like you just made this for this no you just made this beautifully and it happens to be something everyone should see I am spacing on the name right now but I very much compared in quality to the movie we watched 
with the Amish, uh, not Amish women, but women talking, women talking. Yeah. It felt a lot like that quality. And that was my favorite movie of the last year. So I feel like it, those two, yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's a great comparison because those two I thought were like the most impressive from 2022. Mm. Anything else you want to share about living, not the living? It's just called living. Just living. Bill Nye is a treasure. And I think it's a fairly recent thing that I realized. Like he was in uh, Love Actually. He's one of the I best things from think- Love Actually. He was in so much stuff that, uh, I mean, obviously he's in like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. He has some funny bits in that. He was in a great movie that also made me ball my eyes out called About Time, which is, it's a comedy drama, but he plays the dad. And Donald Gleason's his son. I mean, he's just really good. He's, he's been in some really great movies, and I feel like I need to dig in on his early work. Agree. And by early work, he probably started making movies in the 60s, yeah. I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's always Pirates of the Caribbean when he played that's Davy right. Jones. So <laughs> that's, that's right. good too. Like of course. He, dude has range. Yeah. No doubt. And needs more respect from me than um, probably calling him dude. (laughs) Well, he was in Underworld Evolution as well, so you can probably still call him dude. Uh, He was Howard (laughs) Clifford in Pokemon Detective Pikachu. (laughs) Listen, every actor's been around that long. You know, it's going to have some uh, some peaks and valleys. It's his cash grab so he can make (laughs) movies like Living. absolutely right. I respect it. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, Jory, I have a question for you. Yeah. What else have you been watching? Ooh, so uh, it's taken me a while to get to it, but my girly friends recommended the TV series Bad Sisters on Apple TV. Oh, I don't know this. Uh, The Garvey sisters are bound together by their parents' deaths and a promise to always protect one another. It's five sisters uh, in, I can't really remember what part, but they live in the UK and um, it's basically the sisters are close. One of the sisters' husband has an unfortunate passing and the story really is all about how did it happen, what part did the sisters have to play in it and why. And really from the first episode you realize this dude was real bad news. Oh yeah. But they do a good job trying to conceal like you can't guess like how he passed away. There are a lot of attempts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that failed, but it's really clever. It's a cool um TV series. I think that's really fun for women to watch if you've got sisters or family, whether they're the ones you were born with or the ones you choose. To call your own, I think it's really cool to see the dynamics of that relationship. It's funny. It's a dark comedy, I would say, Um, but also like a drama. Yeah. Um, But yeah, all these women are very, very different and they all have interesting stories and something relatable. Well, that's a good excuse for me to finally try Apple Plus because I feel like I've never there's a I know Ted Lasso's on there and I've always wanted to watch that. But I there's something else too. somebody recently mentioned. I was like, maybe it's time for me to I'll cancel one of my other subscriptions that I'm a little bored with. That's what you do. You pick one up, yeah. you let one go. Just I try it. Try Apple uh, Plus and check that one out. You should. You should. And maybe Bad Sisters, Um, if you don't like it, tell Nicole to watch it and her and I can talk about it. That sounds good. Christopher, what have you been watching this week? <laughs> oh, well, thanks for asking. Well, <laughs> honestly, I haven't been watching a lot after. So the festival ended a couple of weeks ago. And so I was watched out. So you like lot. to keep your eyes closed for a week. <laughs> I like to tape my eyes up. <laughs> uh, but I do want to ref- just kind of reflect back 
on uh, one of my favorites from the festival that I watched. Oh, yes, please. Back then. And it won a, one of our jury prizes. I was very excited about. It's a really weird, <laughs> really silly, but probably intelligent to uh, comedy called Smoking Causes Coughing, which I think we may have talked about in one of our preview shows for the festival. Uh, but Quentin Depew, who's a French director who his cult classic is rubber yes. in which the tire, a, a car tire is the main character. He has these famously absurd films. And this one uh, looks from the trailer to be essentially a takeoff on a superhero or more specifically a power Rangers type of group where they all have um, powers, but all their powers are based on the chemicals found in cigarettes and the way that they defeat their enemies is by either just fighting with Kung Fu like you do in Power Rangers. Like you do. Or, you know, it, it, they used to come together to create a thing, but instead they <laughs> spray them with all the cancer-causing chemicals from mm. a, a um, cigarette. And it's a monster, like in a big suit, like you would get from Power Rangers. <laughs> and that it blows them up. <laughs> what? That sounds delightful. So that's wonderful. But then you have this other element where they all come together, like you see the bureaucracy of their group. And they all have to go away for like this uh, retreat and they literally around a campfire telling stories. And I think I referenced in the previous show that it was like Canterbury Tales mm. meets Power Rangers mm -hmm. and each of them tells a different story. And they, then you see that story played out in the film. Like their so, origin stories? No, it's of? not even about them. It's just like a scary story almost that they've all heard. Ooh. <laughs> so it's it starts out as one thing and then ends up being very different it's an absurd very funny and very strange movie uh but at one i was really happy one of a couple of our jurors decided that deserved some awards i was very excited about it because it was very funny do you know where we can find it uh yeah you can rent it on apple uh tv as there we mentioned and amazon and a couple other places so yeah it's rentable online I am going to be doing that because you are not the only person who told me about this movie. Mr. Oh. Dory Zori, I believe, also got to see it. Oh, good. Yeah. And uh, is it a foreign film? Yeah, it's French. Okay. Yeah, it's French. And um, they do a great job with the absurdity, which is one of my favorites. Mm. <laughs> Love it. But yeah, that's pretty good. Well, I have a lot of things to watch this week. Thank you yeah. so much. And so do you all. Please check out Living and bring some tissues and enjoy it like we did. We didn't ask a question this week, but I'm glad that you brought up the film festival. I am gutted that I missed the whole thing because I was on vacation and then at a conference. But I would love to know what our Cinebuds listeners found completely enjoyable, yeah. what their highlight of the film festival was, because I need to fill up my letterbox with movies to watch. That's right. It's been uh, two, three weeks now, so you've had time to absorb them all. So what it was your favorite festival film or experience? I'd love to know. That'd be great. And you can do that, uh, share that with us on Instagram. We will prompt you soon. All right, Christopher, another pleasure chatting with you about films. Indeed, as always. And we would like to thank our producer, Kiri Salinas. Yay, she's the best. She is just going to make us sound better and better as time goes on. That's so, right. Kiri, you're the best. Also, Brett Newski, solid theme song. We'll never need a new theme song. <laughs> That's There's right. nothing more perfect than. We'll never need a Newski theme song. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that rough. That <laughs> You'll rough. love that though. We also love our members both from Radio Milwaukee and from Milwaukee Film. 
And thank you to our sponsors of Cinnabuds, Associated Bank and Eyes on the Lake, I Care and I Wear. Woo! I Care, I Wear, Ice Cream for Ice Cream. <laughs> All right. Don't let anyone call you Mr. Zombie. Be present in your lives, <laughs> my right. friends. Learn a lesson. All right. We'll see you all soon. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.